You know, some people say the Red Box Bowl is more prestigious than the Rose Bowl. You know what we say about those people? They might have a point. Welcome to Locked on Spartans for your Wednesday, December 5th, 2018. I am your host, Will Hunter, back with you again. Thank you so much for joining us, new listeners. Thank you for giving the show a shot. We do this every day, Monday through Friday, 22 to 30 minute episodes covering the world of Spartan athletics. Uh, today, we've got a bunch of stuff to talk about. Uh, Kyle Austin from MLive, Michigan State basketball beat reporter, uh, joins the show. So that'll be segment two. And then that's uh, it was a longer interview, but it's good stuff. So I'm going to use it and it's going to run into segment three, uh, first half of segment three, and then the second half of segment three. Uh, I'll kind of offer some thoughts on uh, some things that Kyle said uh, specifically about the freshman Right now, I think I need to amend some things that I've said about uh, what to expect from the freshmen uh, and stuff like that. So we'll get to that. But we are going to start the show today with a football segment that's going to be kind of three segments in one segment. Uh, Nothing crazy newsy happening, but there's a few interesting things that I do want to talk about. Uh, So we're going to start the show off that way. Uh, You can follow the show on Twitter at OnSpartans. Follow me on Twitter at Will underscore underscore Hunter 1L2 underscores. Uh, Email the show LockedOnSpartans at gmail.com. Find our Facebook pages. uh, Search those out. Like them. Get the show there if you uh, use Facebook a lot. And subscribe to the show. And uh, if you don't mind, head on over to iTunes. Give us a five-star review. Uh, Both of those things help us greatly. And subscribing is the easiest way to get the show sent to you every single day. Uh, I post it on social media a bunch uh, every day, but if you just subscribe to the show, it comes right to you, and I don't have to do any work, and you don't have to do any searching. It's just right there. All right, let's talk about some football stuff. Okay, so a few uh, quick topics here that uh, either directly impact Michigan State or indirectly. Uh, Let's start with Urban Meyer retiring at Ohio State. We talked about this a little bit yesterday. Uh, there was some uncertainty because we didn't know at the time of recording, or I didn't know at the time of recording, what the succession plan was. It seemed like Ryan Day, the offensive coordinator who took over as head coach uh, when Meyer was suspended, had a legitimate shot at it, but it is Ohio State. Last time they had an opening, they went uh, with a pretty major uh, headline uh, headline guy for, for a hire uh, in Urban Meyer. So we didn't know kind of what direction they were going to go in with the program. My guess was that Ryan Day was going to be the guy. And just a, you know, a few hours after the episode publishes, they hold the press conference uh, where I was actually, I was very surprised to see that they uh, announced uh, Ryan Day as the, you know, the next coach. They announced his contract details. Uh, they, you know, they talked about what his focus would be and things like that, how they've had the succession plan in the works. Uh, I don't know. I mean, I know that this is all happening uh, because of the reporting done around uh, the the Urban Meyer scandal. What got him in trouble? If he doesn't get in trouble, doesn't get suspended, doesn't get pantsed by his administration in front of the media earlier this year, he stays. Well, I, I can guarantee that this is, you know, like we talked about yesterday, part of the Urban Meyer cycle. So uh, I'm not sure how much of the succession plan started uh, you know, in August, when did it start? Did they say, okay, Ryan, uh, you know, Ryan Day, he gets three games. Let's see how it goes. A little test run. Uh, Urban's on the way out. We know Urban's, you know, after after that all happened, like that, it was it was done. Urban was gone. So they started working on the succession plan. And, and I was surprised, frankly, to see that 
that they did that yesterday. So Ryan Day is the next Ohio State football coach. Uh, he said his, his emphasis is going to be on uh, recruiting Ohio. They're going to turn back and recruit Ohio. Right now, they've only got three Ohio kids on their entire roster, which has uh, opened up the door for uh, Michigan, Michigan State, and Ohio State to really, re- or not Ohio State, Penn State, to really recruit the state a lot. Kentucky's gotten into Ohio a little bit as well, sort of those states surrounding Ohio, uh, as Urban Meyer and his staff have moved uh, or had moved to a national base recruiting. I mean, if you watch any Ohio State game, like I said, they've only got three guys from Ohio, but they're Texas, California, Florida, uh, the three major states. That is where Ohio State has been absolutely living. So that is definitely going to change the the dynamic of Midwest recruiting. More more Ohio kids are going to be given uh, a better look by Ohio State uh, as Ryan Day takes over. And in the short term, that's going to, well, it's going to, it's, it's gonna it's gonna limit Ohio State's ceiling for sure. Uh, there's no disputing that recruiting matters, that talent matters, and as good as a state uh, for recruiting as Ohio is, it's not Texas, it's not Florida, it's not California. And if Ohio State's not going into those regions and pulling those top tier kids, I mean, just go look if you want to, if you care to, at the recruiting classes, or just take my word for it. Uh, the the states of California, Texas, and Florida won national championships for Urban Meyer and Ohio State. So it's going to definitely uh, be a different dynamic, less mercenary of a program, more, I think, uh, in line with, with what you saw with uh, the the Jim Trestle years, uh, where Ohio State does recruit a little bit nationally, but recruits the heck out of the Midwest, gets every good guy in Ohio, goes into Pennsylvania, and is, and is able to pull you know, a guy like a Terrell Pryor, who's a, the top guy in the state. So that's, uh, you know, it's Ohio State is still Ohio State, so we're going to see that. But I, I think their ceiling is lowered a little bit, although um, and it's going to be tough on Ryan Day. If they don't give him time, it could go poorly, just given how Florida went after Meyer left and they heard Will Muschamp. Uh, there's a track record of uh, some of the rot being in the drywalls, uh, as Spencer Hall from Every Day Should Be Saturday put it, uh, that you don't see when Meyer leaves, but uh, the year or two after he's gone, it is exposed uh, and the program kind of falters under it. I think Ohio State's a stronger, uh, more stable thing than Florida. Uh, so I wouldn't be surprised uh, to see them rebound better than Florida has. I mean, Florida still hasn't rebounded from Urban Meyer. So, uh, you know, I, I think it's fair to think that uh, it might be a few down years here for Ohio State. And that's obviously good for everyone else in the Big Ten because it's time to take advantage of them. Um you know, Michigan State's had some success against them, so I don't think, you know, it's whatever. I liked beating Urban Meyer. I think you guys all liked beating Urban Meyer, too. But I know a bunch of people in Ann Arbor right now who are hanging a banner uh, because Urban Meyer is retired. All right, let's uh, switch gears here, talk to things, uh, talk about things directly involved with Michigan State football. Uh, there was a report a couple days ago from Sean Shear. Uh Sean came on. He's a recruiting analyst for 247.com. Um, you may... If you listened to uh, it was the early basketball signing period, Sean was on with us. Uh, if you remember him, uh, had good insight, knows what he's talking about. He had heard from some people that, uh, and he put this on Twitter, uh, he had heard that Justin Lane is leaning towards leaving Michigan State for the NFL draft. And that if he does indeed leave, uh, that uh, he will not be playing in the Red Box Bowl. And so... Uh, first, uh, uh, I'll be interested to see kind of how 
lane shakes out in terms of the pre-draft process. He got a great second half of the season, uh, enough to get him in like the, you know, Mel Kuyper Jr. had his top 10 at each position ranks, and Lane was like the number nine cornerback or something, uh, which would put him a uh, third-round guy, kind of, somewhere in there. So we'll see uh, how this process plays out. If he's hearing, I'm sure, that that's, a, that's an option, a third-round pick. Uh, I, I mean, you can leave early and go in the late rounds and things like that. I don't think a ton of guys do. We see it happen. I mean, we see guys leave early and go undrafted. But uh, Justin's obviously a guy who's going to be drafted mid-rounds if he leaves early this year. Uh, could rise for sure just because he is like he's tall. He's got long arms. He's really athletic. If he runs a good forty, has good short shuttle times, he's gonna rock it up to to you know into the second round and things like that. Uh, and and on it, like and this is the, the <laughs> this is the automatic response whenever a Michigan State player for me whenever a Michigan State player is leaving school early to go to the draft or is gonna skip a bowl game, that's great go get your money. <laughs> like that's where I'm at with Justin Lane. I hope that's where most people are at. I hope people don't get mad at him for skipping the red box bowl an absolutely meaningless football game, uh, where now it looks like Michigan state could be down its top two corners. Doesn't matter. I don't care if they lose the red box bowl. Uh, I, the, uh, having pros, having a, another cornerback go high in the NFL draft and having Josiah Scott have another year of eligibility, uh, it's much more important than a, a red box bowl victory. Uh, so we'll see how that all shakes out. Just something to keep an eye on. Uh, it'd be great if Justin stayed for his senior year, uh, but he's obviously an, a talent, has the ability to play at the next level. So if he wants to go uh, into the draft and, and he thinks this is the right time for him, uh, th- then it's the right time to do it, and he should do it. So that is uh, another thing. If he goes, we'll obviously talk more about the specifics, uh, like what it means for next year. Right now, we're just going off a single uh, report from Sean Shearer, like I said, and he's it said he's leaning that way. Maybe he hasn't made a final decision yet, so we'll keep that story uh, going as it uh, develops. Uh, the last one thing here, last thing before we move on to the next segment, uh, Dan Enos is a name that you've heard me say, you've heard probably some other people say in terms of speculation as an as an offensive coordinator if they are to uh, let go of Dave Warner. Enos was the quarterback's coach and uh, like associate head coach or something at Alabama. I think every assistant there is an associate head coach, but he was the quarterback's coach at Alabama uh, last year. Uh, and before that, uh, obviously, was uh, at Michigan State as a quarterback's coach and uh, running backs coach before he took over at Central Michigan, uh, was OC at Arkansas uh, before between the Central Michigan and, and Alabama stops as well. Uh, so he's a guy that his name had been bandied about as a potential offensive coordinator given uh, he played at Michigan State, he coached at Michigan State with D'Antonio, uh, and he's been in the SEC as a quarterback's coach uh, and is pretty highly thought of. Well, I think uh, that's no longer an option realistically because – Alabama's offensive coordinator, Mike Loxley, has been hired by Maryland to be their head coach, and uh, looks like Enos is the favorite in-house to replace him at OC at Alabama. Uh, Now, there are a few reasons why I do think he stays in Alabama, despite his Michigan State background. A, again, I don't think Warner goes anywhere. Uh, B, 
he's going to make so much more money at Alabama than he ever could at Michigan State. Uh, you know, Alabama is a school that pays their coordinators, uh, and, and Michigan State just frankly doesn't. I mean, they do it at an okay level, but uh, the top schools in the country, Michigan, Alabama, Clemson, the biggest programs, uh, USC now, they all pay their assistants uh, at the highest level. Michigan State is way, 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 way below that. Uh, in terms of just overall staff pay as well. So that's not something that's realistic to expect uh, is for Danny Nose to take, you know, a half million dollar pay cut to come back to Michigan State and see if you were the OC at Alabama for one year and you have a good year, then you go get uh, a really good head coaching job. <laughs> and if you stay there for a few years, then you get a great head coaching job. So uh, that has been kind of the standard set at Alabama. All the coordinators, like, I don't know, there was like seven of them, offensive and defensive coordinators the last five years that have gone on to uh, take really great jobs. So uh, Enos would be the next guy in line there, and it seems like people want him because of the work he's done uh, with Tua and Jalen Hurts uh, and has been successful there. All right, we are going to talk some basketball next with MLive's Kyle Austin, Michigan State beat reporter. But first, a word from, you know it by now, Sling TV. Guys, if you are sick and tired of paying for all these channels that you don't even watch, when all you want to do is watch sports, well, Sling TV is the US <laughs> Sling TV is the way to go. It is the best way to watch college athletics. $30 a month gets you ESPN, Pac-12, SEC Network, and more. And right now, listeners to this podcast can sign up at sling.com slash locked on and get a seven-day free trial. That's right. You can try it out free for a whole week. Just go to sling.com slash locked on. You can stream Sling on all your favorite devices from your big screen down to your smartphone. Uh, And there's no useless channels, no long-term contracts, no hidden fees, and you can cancel at any time. Go to sling.com slash locked on. That's S-L-I-N-G dot com slash locked on. Sling TV gives you the live TV you love, only better. And we are, of course, expanding local sales here at the Locked On Podcast Network. If you are interested in sponsoring this podcast or Locked On Lions or Locked On Pistons or Locked On Wolverines, email me at LockedOnSpartans at gmail.com. March Madness is right around the corner. If you want to win your office pool, you need to stay caught up with all the college basketball action with the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Every Monday, Andy Patton and Isaac Shade recap the biggest stories in college basketball, keep you up to date on the NCAA tournament bubble, and get you ready for the upcoming week of games. From the Big East to the Mountain West and everywhere in between, Andy and Isaac have college hoops covered on the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Okay, welcome back to segment two of Locked on Spartans. Uh, we got Kyle Austin, who's joining the show uh, to talk about, you know, nine games in Michigan State basketball, where are we at, where do things stand right now. So let's go to that interview. All right, we are joined now by Kyle Austin of MLive. He is a Michigan State basketball beat reporter. Uh, Kyle joined us for a little season preview a few weeks ago, and he's kind enough to uh swing by the show and bring us some basketball knowledge kyle how you doing thanks for joining the show doing well well thanks for having me yeah absolutely so uh nine games into the season michigan state seven and two uh two and oh in, in the early conference a uh, little run before we switch back to non-conference here uh just as a, a quick overview to start sort of what is your assessment of this team nine games into the season you know i would say 
I actually think they're a little bit ahead of where I thought they'd be and a little bit better. Um, just given the difficulty of, of their schedule so far, mm-hmm. um, obviously opened up with number one Kansas, um, lost, but gave them a pretty decent showing. Um, and then, you know, going on the road for four straight, um, it's going to be five out of six. Um, and I, I thought winning three, that was the most critical stretch for me, you know, going, um, going um, UCLA, Texas, Louisville, Rutgers. Um, taking three out of those four, I thought was a pretty good showing, um, considering two of those teams were ranked. They're mm-hmm. pretty condensed, too, so you talk about the number of travel, the kind of wear and tear on the guys. And I know if you look at it singularly, Louisville is a team um, that I think Michigan State is better than overall. I think Michigan State, um, if you take just that one game, I think you could say, yeah, that's not a great loss for them. But I think if you put it all in context, I think um, after just doing well in Vegas and then bouncing back, beating Rutgers, and then coming home and, and destroying Iowa, um, I think overall it's been pretty good um, given, you know, kind of the new rotations that they're working in. I think um, I think Joshua Langford's really stepped up and been what they wanted him to be. Um, I think Cassius Winston, Nick Ward have been pretty steady. Um, freshmen kind of been working themselves in. But overall, I think given given everything that they've been through um, as far as schedule, who they play, where they play them, and when, um, I think two losses at this point is, is a pretty good showing. Mm-hmm. Uh, has anybody surprised you so far? Just uh, maybe a specific guy that's been a little better uh, than you maybe would have thought going into the season or – uh, you know, a rotation thing that, that you didn't expect. Has anything surprised you so far? You know, I I guess I'd say Joshua Langford, and I, I, I guess I'm struggling with the word surprise because this is what I always thought he would be. Mm-hmm. But I, I think I had gotten to the point where, you know, especially after last year, just so up and down, I, I was beginning to wonder, as I think a lot of people were, whether he would ever really become – um, the Joshua, you know, the McDonald's All-American looking guy, the future NBA sort of guy. Um, he had a ton of playing time, obviously, his first two years, and it just never came together. And I was kind of starting, to be honest, to lean towards the camp of, well, you know, maybe he'll be a solid player that never really kind of takes that next step. Um, and he, he, I guess in that respect, he has surprised me um, this year because I think he has taken that next step. And um, he, he's been a guy, I look at the – um, the second half of that um, of that Texas game, just the shots he's hitting, being in rhythm. I, I think I've seen a new confidence from him. Um, I, I think he, you know, he still takes these little mid ranges that drive me crazy every now and then. But um, his shot, his shot selection, I think, has been better. I think he gets to the hoop a little bit better. Um, and I think, I think he, frankly, I think he benefits a little bit from Miles Bridges being gone, which is not a mock, knock on Miles Bridges, but I, I think he always just felt like he had to kind of work to get Miles the ball. And I think a lot of guys, you know, kind of felt like they had to um, revolve things around Miles and he was a superstar. And I think especially Josh and Cassius can feel now like they're the guys and that they can kind of be that one-two combination. And I think, you know, I don't want to get in his head too much, but it seems like Joshua Langford is playing a little more free and a little bit more loose and relaxed. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that, and, and I think that's showing in, in his play. Yeah, definitely. Um, what have you seen from Nick Ward so far? We know we've heard the anecdote, the story that he went through the NBA draft process, got whatever the feedback was and came back kind of a changed guy uh, with a little bit of a different mindset. Uh, how have you seen that play out so far this season? And what have you been seeing from him? You know, it's, I, I was kind of wondering, I mean, that was, 
it was a nice thing for everybody to say, and mm-hmm. you know, I don't doubt that that's what they saw. But I feel like you hear those sorts of things a lot, yeah. And it doesn't always translate to the regular season. It sounds like you might have been a little dubious, and I think a lot of people were too. Um, and I was one of them, but um, I, I certainly think he's had a good attitude. Um, and you know, I I pay attention to little things a lot of times with him, like if he. Uh, if he takes a bad shot and there's no call, you know, I think we remember at times in the first two years he would hear, he would, he would get all pouty and, you know, complain to the ref and, you know, be slow to get up the floor. And you could just see, you know, things got to him and he kind of had a thin skin and wore everything on his sleeve. Um, and, and now, I mean, I, I watch him, you know, he takes a bad hit, he pops right up, he shakes it off, he looks like he's ready to go. Um, I, I do think he's matured. And I, I think mm-hmm. that's overset about some people. I think sometimes, um, we, we tend to say that about everybody, but I really think I've seen more maturity out of him, just being more even keeled, not being so emotional out there. Um, I, you know, his numbers aren't great. I mean, they're better. He certainly had a great game against, um, against Iowa just now when he's better against Rutgers, but the number of double teams the teams have thrown at him, I think have kind of prevented him from really kind of getting those superstar type numbers. Yeah. Um, I, I think, I think teams looked at him rightly and said, well, he, we know he can score, he's not always been the guy that sees the court well and makes the great pass. So I think, I think they gamble and said, I think if we double team him, he's not going to find the open guy and then beat us that way. Um, so that's been true. I think for a lot of people, um, but I think he's going to work through that. Um, and I think, frankly, I think that's what opened the door for, for Joshua Langford and Cassius Winston to do so well. But I, overall, I mean, I think he's doing well, despite the stats not being up. I think he's got a better demeanor. Um, I think he's defending better, especially, you know, away from the hoop. Um, so overall, it's better. I mean, it's not a huge jump, but um, I, I think it's what people wanted to see from him. Kyle Austin, Spartan basketball beat reporter for MLive is with us. Kyle, uh, what uh, what are some things maybe that uh, are, should be concerning to the, the team so far through uh, nine games. I think two two games ago we would have both screamed turnovers, but they've cooled that down mm-hmm. a little bit. I'm sure that's always a concern. Uh, is there a certain spot, maybe backup point guard, or something that you think could be uh, something that holds this team back a little bit? Yeah, I think backup point guard. I mean, certainly now we've seen with um, um, with Matt McQuaid being out, kind of how thin they are there. Um, I. I think just overall, Foster Lawyer seeming like he's going to at least need more time um, mm-hmm. than they thought um, at the very least to be able to get going. I think that's a bit of a concern because I did. Um, I, I do think that they were counting on him for more minutes than he's been playing, and I, I think Cassius Winston should hold up. But you know, you you do wonder. He doesn't play huge minutes like you see some people, but just with with how much Michigan State asked him to fast to fast break the ball. Um, you know, he's frankly not the most athletic looking guy in the world. So I do wonder (laughs) long-term over the course of the season, if Cassius Winston is going to be playing these big numbers, if, you know, come February, March, if if he starts to wear it out a little bit and and his play declines at all, I think that remains to be seen. And he says it's not going to happen, but I I think, do think that does worry me a little bit. Um, and, and the turnovers, I just, I don't know if ever with this team, I'm going to feel like they're completely over the hump just because. (laughs) You know, it's a Tom Izzo team. It's got a lot of the same guys that have had turnover issues. And um, kudos to them the last two games for, for getting it down. And maybe this will be um, them turning a, turning a corner. But I, I think this, the system that they run um, is always going to be a little bit higher turnover. And you're always going to kind of have that worry. And um, I, I think Cassius Winston is just a guy. I mean, he, he does a lot of great things, but that's kind of his um, kind of his downfall a little bit at times. So I, I, 
I would worry about that. Um, you know, you get a big game, you get the high turnovers, and um, I, I think that would worry me a little bit too. All right, we will be back with the third and final segment of the show, more Kyle Austin uh, and some talk about MSU freshmen after the break. I would first I got to tell you guys about what the Locked On Podcast Network is doing on social media. On Twitter, follow at Locked On Net, and you get all the Locked On Podcast Network local hosts covering NBA and NFL teams on one feed. It's great during games. You get breaking news, and you get a unique local perspective. On Instagram, check out Locked On Net. You get the biggest stories of the day, and the stories feature just like, you know, quick little minute clips, uh, and then longer clips from the, each individual show on the main feed. So b- make sure you follow Locked On Network on both Twitter and Instagram. All right, welcome back to the third and final segment of today's show. Let's get right back to it and finish off the interview with Kyle Austin from MLive. Uh, you mentioned Foster Lawyer in there a little bit. What have you seen from the other freshmen? I know we haven't gotten long looks really at Kithier, a little bit of Bingham, a little bit of Gabe Brown lately. Aaron Henry obviously is getting the most run. What has been, uh, been your impression of this freshman class so far through nine games? I think that they've got a lot of long-term potential. And, you know, um, somebody with the program said to me before the season that this is the type that you can really win a championship around because they're they're good, but, you know, not so good that they're going to lead. They're good, that, you know, mm-hmm. through their senior year that they can really form the backbone of a team. But right now, I mean, we're seeing them kind of going through growing pains in, in certain respects. I mean, I, I, I've been a big Aaron Henry fan really since I, I first started seeing him play. I just, the number of things he can do versatility wise. Um, I love that he's a flasher to get to the hoop, but I know a lot of Michigan State fans have been kind of waiting to see that guy, you know, since Gary Harris left, a guy that mm-hmm. really just kind of put it on the floor and get there. Um, so I think that's been good to see. And uh, I think he's earned his minutes. Marcus Bingham intrigues me just because, I mean, you get why he's not playing very much when you see him against a, a good size big. He gets pushed around. But some of the things he can just do skill set wise, you know, shooting the three, um, he even lacks, he actually even longer wingspan wise than Jaron Jackson. So the the way he can alter shots, um, you know, you watch him and you see these glimpses where in two or three years he could really be a really good player. I'm not sure we're going to see it much this year, but mm-hmm. um, I think really down the road, he could be a really good guy. And then, um, you know, the other guys are going to be coming along a little bit. Um, Foster lawyer. If you watch him in high school at all, you know what he's capable of. He just, I, I, I'm, I'm curious to see long-term how it works out for him at this level. If he can, if he can figure out the defense, I think it's going to be a tough nut for him to crack. Um, and then the other two guys we haven't seen much of, but they have potential too. So it's, it's an interesting group. Um, I, I think some of them could, um, some of them could probably develop a little bit more, but I don't think overall this year um, we should be expecting a whole lot more. I mean, Michigan State's going to live or die by the, by its upperclassmen this year, but I, I'll be curious to see how the other guys develop too. Mm-hmm. Uh, and let's go from freshman to a, a, a potential freshman next year. Uh, five-star recruit Vernon Carey, uh, consensus top five recruit, uh, as high as number two in some rating services, is making his college decision Thursday uh, December 6th here, and it seems like uh, it's down to either Michigan State or Duke, the two favorites, and we're hearing, like you will hear with uh, big recruiting situations, uh, some people think this, some people think that, you know, there's a lot of smoke and mirrors and kind of different things going on. Uh, so just if if Vernon Carey does choose Michigan State, uh, what are they getting uh, in this guy? What does he bring to the table as a really highly touted recruit? You know, he, he seems like... Um... A, a Tom Izzo type big. I mean, he, 
you know, you look at his, his pedigree, his dad played in the NFL. Um, he's got mm-hmm. great size, um, you know, height and size, 6'9". He can play around the basket a little bit more. But I just think that, you know, I, I can see Tom Izzo, just the type of player that he likes, just seeing him and just falling in love with his physicality. And, you know, you don't see them – I mean, they go they go for a lot of, you know, high-level guys. But, you know, a top-three type guy who is not from the Midwest at all that, you know, I don't believe they had any connection to – um, before this, you don't really see them put in so much time and effort into a guy like that, a national guy, and say, you know, come in completely cold and go all in um, on a kid from Florida um, like that. So I, to me, that tells me how much they must like him, that they they must like his game and how m- much they feel like he must fit their, their system. And um, obviously, I, you know, the fact that they're going after him so hard, they're going after I, I guess Stewart so hard. They went after Trace Jackson Davis. They're, they're clearly prioritizing a lot of big men, which to me tells me that um, they're probably planning as if Nick Ward's leaving. Um, that's not to say that's a done deal, but I think they're planning as if that'll happen. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and that would certainly open the door for him to be the, you know, the starting center next year and play a lot of minutes and, um, and play kind of be the young superstar with a lot of older guys around him, which I think is the mix that you want as opposed to the all young guy team that Tom Izzo had a couple of years ago. So um, I, I think it would make sense for him for a lot of reasons. I think he'd have the playing time. I think he'd have the right mix of a good team with veterans around him. Um, and, and I think the system would fit him well. And I think Tom Izzo has done well with players like him. Now that being said, it's, you know, it sounds like it's Michigan State and Duke and, plenty of reasons to go to Duke too. So we'll see, but um, it'll be, it'll be interesting come Thursday. Yeah, definitely. If you are um, sometimes recruiting can be a fickle thing uh, in basketball, when you can lock in a guy this highly touted, it's generally, you know, things tend to uh, play out in a positive way for your team. We've seen that, um, but you know, he's still a, he's still a high school senior. So who knows how that turns out, but if you're intrigued by that sort of stuff, uh, Thursday is definitely a day to look out for to see how that uh, commitment shakes out. Kyle, uh, thank you so much for the time. He is Kyle Austin, Spartan Beat reporter for MLive. Uh, Great insight, as always, uh, and we'll catch up with you soon down the road. Great. Sounds good. Thanks, Will. So sometimes you have a plan for a show, and then things take too long, and you just realize the plan didn't work. So I was going to talk about the freshman Uh, like Kyle did there a little bit and just kind of go off what he said, but I do not have any time and I'll get in trouble. So I will just say that I think we see a lot less of the freshmen this year than maybe we have uh, anticipated going into the season. Uh, I think we'll see a little bit more Gabe Brown as the season goes on. Bingham will play uh, as matchup dictates and Foster Lawyer is going to play in emergency situations. But other than that, and I I don't think we see much of the freshmen outside of Aaron Henry. So, uh, I've been someone who's been saying, you know, the the freshman can unlock the ceiling of this team by giving it, you know, an added boost that they weren't expecting. And I'm just not sure that's a fair uh, way to look at this freshman class. It's obviously a developmental class and the results we want to see from them are going to come a few years down the road. So, all right. Thanks to Kyle for joining the show. Definitely check out his work at MLive. Uh, Thank you so much for listening to the show. Follow us on Twitter at on Spartans. Follow me on Twitter at will underscore underscore hunter one L two underscores. Email the show locked on Spartans at gmail.com. Subscribe to the podcast, wherever you get podcasts and hop on over to iTunes. Give us a five star rating and a nice review. Uh, if you leave a good, funny review or something like that, I'll read it on the show. There's my offering of something. It's not much. I know uh, we will be back tomorrow. Uh, going to talk a little bit more about the basketball team, just kind of where things stand right now and the conference. 
uh, as you know, we've got this little two-game conference slate, so we have an idea of some things. Uh, so we'll continue a little bit of a conversation about that, uh, and then we got some football things to talk about as well. So we'll be back tomorrow, Thursday, with a brand new edition of Locked On Spartans. Uh, until then, go green.